0: So Jeff, Uh, as as I was saying, I think that is the best scene in Spice World. I agree with you, but, you know, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Finally, we agree on something. Greatest,
3: (laughs) greater cinematic achievement. Spice World versus Josie and the
0: Pussycats. Go. Spice World, hands down. Not even close.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't well, think I ever saw, saw the live action Josie and the Pussycats movie
3: with Tara Reid, and I and maybe Rosario
2: Dawson. I kind of like Rosario Dawson.
0: Yeah, sure.
3: Isn't um, she married
0: to some politician or something now, or dating a politician?
1: Mm,
3: yeah, she's
0: married to somebody.
3: Um, Alan Cumming, uh, the British actor.
2: Was the bad guy I think in Josie and the Pussycats? Nightcrawler, from the uh, wasn't he Nightcrawler? Uh,
0: Uh, Terrible, terrible. He had a German accent for that, right? He was a a German Nightcrawler. Yeah, I believe German.
3: Well, in the comic, uh, Nightcrawler was German. (laughs) He's he's
1: not German. He's he's definitely not German. No,
3: no, he's. He's British on top of British. Okay, are we are we ready to go? I am. Yeah, let's roll. Are we clapping?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
3: I think we've proven that's one thing we can't do. Are, are we harmonizing? Who who brought the uh who brought the whistle?
2: The the little hey, let's, let's match pitch
0: everybody. <laughs> The listeners, All we, right. the listeners we've gained with having Chris Levine on have now switched off already.
3: <laughs> Howdy, welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast. Now entering its second century of episodes. With me, I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the nephew, Paul Southern. Howdy, Paul. Howdy, Uncle Jeff. And um they decamp,
2: the Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Listen, I'm happy that Paul is here, but since when did he get billing above me? That I'm gonna have a little bit of a problem with that. I would
3: oh well I, I yeah, I thought in this case we'd do the you you know, you're right. I'm sorry. You want to do over? No. Oh, you know what? Jackson who put so much into production, can just like cut and splice and um, uh, put your introduction first and then Paul's second. Whatever. And then cut this all (laughs) together.
2: I think I'd rather be angry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: I'm here to tell you, this episode has been a long time coming. Uh, because I know a couple guys who are wrong about the Mission Impossible franchise and, and we are, uh, going toe to toe today. So, uh, in this corner, uh, there's me, Jeff, uh, defending the proposition that Mission Impossible 2 is... Um, uh, certainly the best of the first
1: four. And
3: and on the other side are two morons.
0: Uh, (laughs) I think that lays it out pretty well. Yeah, you gave an an accurate summation of what's coming up.
2: Yeah, and I thought me getting billed behind Paul was going to be the most offensive thing that was going to (laughs) happen. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: turns out that was the high point
3: yeah all right so so we do we'd only i, I, I don't know uh, to what extent you guys you, you guys may just be working from uh memory uh ever since this subject's been broached sunday evening in the winger household has become mission impossible night so over the last month Mrs. Winger and I have watched Mission Impossible's one through four. Uh, you're wrong about the first one being any good at all. All right, uh, De Palma does some of his De Palma stuff. He's like got like the weird uh, angle, like at the top of you know like of ceilings and like looking down uh, over ornate stairways and, and and stuff like that. The thing. It's, End where the helicopter blade like okay so first of all that the whole helicopter in the tunnel for what seems like about 500 miles was ridiculous um, and I, I mean and like and like it was ridiculous on um, you know in, in 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 fantasy violence sense I mean it was just it was too much and then when the uh, helicopter blade uh, ends up about an inch from his throat. Stupid, just too much, too 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 winky winky. Okay, but that's okay. You guys were wrong about MI one, but it was many many years, and they made MI two, directed by the great Hong Kong director John Woo. All right, you guys, however prefer three and i don't know where to put four ghost protocol i'm actually if if you want to put ghost protocol off that i i respect that we can maybe do we can maybe talk one through three and then we can talk four through six and then you know of course the next couple of years there's going to be some big mission impossible two-parter like i don't know like Peter
1: Jackson's anything. Well, Avengers and Game and Infinity War. Same thing.
3: Or Brian's favorite, the Star Trek movies with the Space Wizards.
2: It's Mission Impossible Mocking Part One. <laughs> okay, so
3: so um how do how do do you, do you want do you want me to tell you why I like to,
2: um,
3: well, or, or, or maybe you maybe I, you like about three.
0: So yeah, I, I, I am amazed that three is behind two, in your estimation, because I think number three is possibly one of the best ones with Philip Seymour Hoffman.
3: Well, incidentally, I'm not sure I've, I've seen one yet that I thought was actually good. It's just. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a very watchable, likable movie star. Okay, um, you know, but yeah, they're not. I mean, I, I and it, it really occurred to me that, uh, of course, on this show we've spent a disproportionate amount of time talking about the James Bond franchise, um, and this is just kind of like, it, you know, this is this is similar to that. Now. I'm actually so old. I remember, um, I don't remember Mission Impossible from the 60s because I would have been like a little kid. But I remember it from the 70s in reruns. And it just was all too cool for school. Now you watch it now and it's, you know, pretty preposterous. And uh, I think there are times when the movies uh, do that too. But, you know, uh, look, I think I think they use a lot of fantasy slash Stark Industries level technology that's never been invented, you know. But it's like it's like cool. Um, okay, so at the here's the thing. I would talk about two, but no one's had a word in Edgewise yet. So please, you two. Take a few minutes for the people and say why you prefer three. Well, I'd say over two, except I think you two hate two, so you 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 probably like Spice World over
0: over M I two. I mean, I would take Spice World over any of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go oh, bro. You go.
2: So, um Mission Impossible 2 uh I th- I felt relied too heavily on John Woo's direction where where the slow down action scenes uh the like the uh, the I don't know. It it was it it was it didn't seem to fit with, with the uh, the feel of the of the series, even though it was only two movies in at that point. It, it it just felt like it was just trying way too hard to be edgy, and to kind of follow that same Matrix type stuff that was happening at that time. Um. And um, uh, and, and I don't I don't. Uh, Tandy Newton's in it, who I happen to like, and and that that was that was okay. But there was just some just really ridiculous stuff. I thought that the editing was poor, which we've discussed at other times. Editing. So,
1: editing,
2: editing, like it it'll it'll like it'll just just do different cuts, and it's just like, well, hold on, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Um,
3: okay, I wasn't struck by any of that. Like at no point was I was i jerked out of the flow of of the cinematic river by a weird edit
2: Uh, It's probably because you were watching it on a sunday night and you were drifting off to sleep because how boring the movie was (laughs) what (laughs) um and uh I have rewatched it recently and, and I, and I still don't care for it. So. so okay. Okay. Well, first
0: of all, I, I, okay. Paul. <laughs> I think I the more, the more I think about it at the time when mission impossible two came out, I didn't hate it. It was okay. It was an action movie. It had the requisite action movie parts, but I think for me as the, Mission Impossible series has gone on, I feel like they've done more with it and had a bit more of a storyline rather than just a typical Tom Cruise action movie. And I think what when I go back and watch, one of the reasons I don't like to go back and watch this is it feels like it's excessively dramatic at times. Like when they're in the the part where they're in the the lab and they're having that big shootout and then Andy Newton decides that's the time she's going to go heroic and stab herself with the... Deadly disease and Tom Cruise and, I will come back for you. And you know, jumps out the window, jumps out the wall. Sorry that he's blown a hole in. Um, and and you know, the mission impossible movies, as you say, they're not realistic, any of them. You know, he's he's literally hanging off a helicopter and you know, does whatever in other movies as well. But I think for me, Mission Impossible 2 was just excessively that way. And then other things like, you know as Brian says, some of the editing things where they kind of go from one shot to another and some of it's completely changed, which didn't need to, is a, is a little irritating. So yeah, I just don't think it was a, a, a good movie overall. All
3: right, first of all, I've talked about 100 movies with you two and never one time have you, you belly or crit- otherwise criticized the editing. All
1: right, so <laughs> But it was so
0: obvious. It was so blatantly obvious. That's the problem. In other movies, I don't think it's anywhere near as obvious. That's what I think anyway.
3: Well, I, and I would have liked Dr. Zhivago except for the editing because they needed to edit out about, a hundred, about an hour and a half of taking a sleigh through the vast expanse of Russia in the wintertime. So I'm really mad at the editor of Dr. Zhivago. That's fair. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, editing aside, and and again, nothing took me out of that. Um, I I think that with the second with the second movie, and I'm not sure that a franchise was um, foreordained. I mean, they I mean, the first one wasn't super successful. I mean, I mean, I think it was, but I mean, critics didn't like it. Uh, they thought, well, this is further proof that the palm was washed up. Okay, so Brian, if you have something to say, you just pipe right up, okay? Because because right now you're just you're just looking dyspeptic. All right. So the second one, they bring in Hong Kong's John Woo. All right, and yeah, he's a very specific type of director. He's very stylized. There was slow motion action. The thing, the car chase, the beginning where the car chase like gets out of hand, and gives Tom Cruise an opportunity to save Thandie Newton. Is it pronounced Thandie? Like, like, uh, like the, the letter company? Uh, Paul, is this a is this a a, a name that?
0: What, so hey, what, I think she's actually changed it recently to. What, proper pronunciation dandyway yeah tandyway what yeah t h a n d i e is how it always was but now before the e there's a w at the end so w e ending um, but yeah it was, it was always pronounced dandy
1: newton
3: dandy like f- so it's like this instead yes. of the Thames yes and obviously, any sensible person would call it the Thames. Okay,
0: that's um, the day. We'll, we'll do that next time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so 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 uh, so that was slow motion. I kind of like that card chase scene. I didn't really care for. Oh, so so Anthony Hopkins, uh, at, you know, in the last fifteen years of his life has apparently not said no to um any any cash offer um, by the way i saw i saw on twitter a thing about somebody uh trying to get michael kane on how terrible jaws for the revenge was and michael kane says i've never seen it but i've seen the house i bought for my mother with it and the house is very nice yeah. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, uh Anthony Hopkins was the guy in charge of the IMF the Impossible Mission Force.
2: So just just real quick, uh the first Mission Impossible movie had a budget of 80 million dollars and the box office of 457 million dollars.
1: Okay. Well, and you know, 16 of that was me and Mrs. Winger. I mean, we saw it in the theater, but
3: I don't know. Is that a lot of money in 1998
1: dollars? It was like a
2: lot. Yeah, I think that if, if, if a movie makes over a hundred million dollars, um, it's, it's considered a hit. Now, the budget obviously has a lot to do with that. So this would be considered a, a pretty big hit.
3: Okay. Well, anyway, on this show, we mostly talk about the aesthetics and less about...
2: The... Brian's throwing a lot of curveballs, talking about editing. Now he's bringing up box office results. I haven't appealed to the judges.
0: Oh, I would like to point out as well, one of your favorite publications, Jeff, Esquire Magazine, um, did a ranking of these movies, and Mission Impossible 2 did come bottom of the list.
1: Okay. Well, um, that
3: list was compiled by somebody who owned a bike messenger bag. (laughs) So if we're ready to move on with serious conversations, um uh I I I've act I actually wrote down that it, it it's very stylized. Tom Cruise with long hair. Some people didn't like the long hair. Um, but it was like, you know what it was? It was anime hair. It was a long um like uh, Japanese cinema or increasingly Hong Kong cinema hair. Okay. So, which, you know, fell dramatically, you know, like wisps of it were falling dramatically, uh, you know, into his, into his eyes. Um, uh, there was, you see, and, and you guys apparently didn't like the shootout in the lab. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was very exciting. I thought it was more exciting than the stupid thing about, like, you know, uh, swinging from one building and then throwing him, Brian.
2: Um, Okay. The shootout on the lab was more exciting than the bridge uh, scene in Mission Impossible 3, where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's hired mercenaries get him off, you know, recapture him or, you know, break him out of uh, out of that armored truck?
3: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was and I'll tell you why because because Mr. okay, both Mrs. Winger and I thought, oh, they're in the Florida Keys because, you know, you think that's where that bridge is but then it was like, oh no, it's like over Chesapeake Bay, something in Virginia or Maryland or something according to the very thin storyline also i i preferred uh the shootout on the bridge from true lies with arnold schwarzenegger in the james cameron movie which is where the jj abrams stole his uh shootout movie no it was no it it wasn't it wasn't as good as doc ock versus spider-man in in spider-man into the multiverse Okay, I I could name without even thinking about it five better exciting bridge scenes than the one in Mission Impossible. It was just like Tom Cruise running around, you know, trying to, you know, it's like he's jumping over a hole, he's got to jump back over the hole with the gun. I don't know, no, no. However, in Mission Impossible 2, the shootout in the lab has got all this, and it was phony. There wasn't a bit of, you know, but you know what? I mean, if you compare it to like a James Bond kind of thing, you know, just the, the handguns that never run out of bullets um, until it's dramatically useful for them to, you know, pop the magazine out and slap a new one in. Okay. Um, and, you know, I don't even know where they're carrying all this stuff. I mean, you'd have to have a bag like Santa Claus filled with <laughs> bullets to to have enough for that shootout.
2: A messenger but, bag maybe.
3: <laughs> a leather trimmed messenger bag with uh with with nylon uh, piping cross by five hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> yeah. yeah um so the john woo thing that they always do is they always have like the hero sliding forward so like sliding like he's sliding into Third base, okay? he's got his guns crossed over, all right? he's like firing like crazy. I don't even think that that's physically possible. I think you'd like honestly have to have like like best boy and key grip have a like a cable around your your ankles pulling you across the floor. I think it would be impossible to shoot a single thing, but you know. Um, the guns blazing shattering glass I thought the shootout in that scene was incredibly exciting that was pure John Wood. but you yeah. prefer you prefer helicopters and rockets on the bridge which we've seen a dozen times
0: I think uh, that, that that particular scene I think was good that was probably one of the highlights of, of the movie uh, Yeah, I think I think what also for me makes Mission Impossible three better is Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy is comes across as a genuinely nasty guy who you know will do what it takes to take over the world, as uh, one of your favorite cartoons would say. <laughs>
3: um, okay, no question about it. Philip Seymour Hoffman was like a, a really heavyweight actor, um, even even a, a more skillful thespian than Simon Pegg and Bing Rimes. Okay. So obviously he's, you know, he's doing it for the thrill and the paycheck. That's okay. That's okay. Um, no, he was great. It, and, and, and I thought that he had some good lines and I thought that he brought some good stuff to the role. However, and, and he was better than what, what was the name of the guy in, um, uh Mission Impossible 2, the bad guy. Some uh, Hugh Gray Doug Gray Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Yeah.
0: That's the actor's uh, current boy's name was in the movie, but that's his name. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's Doug Ray Scott. Who who like looks like Quentin Tarantino's less handsome brother. <laughs> that's pretty much. Okay. So yeah, I didn't think he was great. It was like a rogue IMF agent. Um you know, they, they were pretty stuck in Australia. Um, what I, you know, what I wrote about that was uh mission impossible to uh, like many Hollywood franchise written by 13 year old boys for 13 year old boys. Um, the plot is as follows. Uh, save the beautiful woman, tolerate great suffering, great punishment.
0: Um,
3: uh, you know, Kill the wicked, and by the way, this time it's personal. Now there there were a lot of things. There are a lot of things that I don't love about Mission Impossible 2, but just for um, uh, vacuous adventure movie entertainment, I thought it was strong.
1: <clears throat> and I don't want to hear about the knobby tires.
2: That's like, that's like, yeah, that's like the, the, the fourth or thing. fifth problem that I have with that movie. But that's okay. All right,
3: <laughs> what, what, what are your other? Okay, so what are your
2: other problems with? It? I yeah, I already said I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted and I wanted to go back to something really quickly here. That the truth is is that I preferred the bridge scene from Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren's movie Calendar Girls where they're actually playing bridge with octogenarian actresses to the lab shootout scene in Mission Impossible 2 so there's that
3: and I preferred Mr. and Mrs. Bridge with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward playing an aging couple in Kansas City in the first half of the 20th century to the bridge scene in Mission Impossible 3. Especially when Helen Mirren pulls off her latex mask. (laughs) I'm sorry, when Joanne Woodward pulls off her her latex mask and reveals herself to be Philip Seymour Hoffman.
2: I I thought that... Okay so i i just i i don't like i don't like to and maybe maybe it's because i don't like john wu maybe I, maybe that's just it i don't like the style i don't i just didn't care for it i mean
3: look I, look I, yeah 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 by the way by the way and i know that i know from my time in the asian community john Woo movies were like the
1: bomb
3: people love chow Young fat so much things I mean I've never seen replacement killers but you know I mean apparently I mean people go crazy about that mm-hmm. it's 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 grittier than Jackie Chan movies right yeah okay maybe
1: you don't like John Wu maybe that's it yeah'm i looking for some other filmography I haven't seen a lot of what he's Directed in fairness, you did face off. I didn't realize
3: that. Yeah, he did face off, and and like a lot of the same stuff. oh What yeah. you didn't like face off? You're not going to admit to seeing face off, but I mean, probably flipping through the channels at some point in your life. Maybe waking up from a nap, face off happened to be on. You've seen
0: part of it. I've heard about it. It's where they switch faces,
3: right? Yeah, they switch faces, and it, which is a ridiculous premise.
0: Yeah. Using, I mean, using, it's it, it's it's a natural um it's a natural thing to follow a movie where they switch literally switch bases to mission impossible where they tear off masks every five seconds that's right so that's right that makes but sense they, i understand why he was picked utterly
3: perfect latex yeah. man
1: yeah. yeah um
3: all right so please tell me what you, by the way i didn't hate mission impossible 3 though it If I have problems with the director, my problems with J.J. Abrams are greater than my problems with John Wood. Uh, So tell me why you liked Mission
2: Impossible 3
3: other than the awesome bridge shootout.
2: I thought that the the opening sequence where it started, where Tom Cruise is tied to a chair and Philip Seymour Hoffman is threatening him that he's gonna kill his wife if he doesn't tell him where, give him the information that he wants. I thought that it was a, a great way to really kind of set up an, an exciting movie. The truth is that I thought that they kept the excitement level up um, for most of the movie. J.J. Uh, Abrams does, you know, he certainly has a style. Uh, he loves the lens flare. And there's a, there's a lot of lens flare in this movie. <laughs> Um, Am I wrong? <laughs>
0: you are not. Uh, finally every, you, said,
3: you, you, finally you made a correct
0: statement. You missed you miss a lot of the uh, Chris Pine Star Trek movie just because of the lens flare that he puts in <laughs> <Right>. every shot.
2: <laughs> um But he, okay, so I thought that that they were able to keep the excitement level up through most of the movie. Um, I thought that this scene at the Vatican where Tom Cruise has to impersonate Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought that that was really well done. Um, Maggie Q is in it. And even though she was had a small part, I thought that she was was good in it. Um, They blow up a Lamborghini, which is cool. And I was
3: saying I, I was saying the franchise is written for 13 year old boys. Please continue with your excitement.
2: Then there's a fire truck.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh oh. oh. <laughs> that's funny. Uh also, okay. al- al- also um JJ Abrams brought along. Michael G to do the score and he, he's good. He's good. Don't you're shame. When he's
3: good, he's good, but he can be terrible. He, he's not always good. And, and actually I had some, I had some fault, uh, with his, with his soundtrack. Really? I mean, he did Incredibles and I, I actually bought the Incredibles soundtrack because it's so good.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, he did the, the new, okay. So there's, uh, Okay, the, uh, you know, there was that uh, live action remake of uh, Speed Racer, which was just a piece of junk. And uh, not even John Goodman as Pops Racer could save it. The, the
2: Wachowskis didn't do a good
3: movie? <laughs> oh, I, well, I know you haven't liked the Wachowskis movie since Bound. Um, but, but, but leaving that aside, leave, leaving leaving that aside, um, uh, he, you know, his re his like remix of the speed racer soundtrack was pretty good. He did. Uh, I think he did the uh, star Trek or no. Yeah. The star Trek reboot movies, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, the guy's got some game, but he's not, but he's not great on everything I'm, I'm having some trouble thinking of what i
2: didn't like but so i thought that the music in in three was good in ghost protocol is excellent the music that he did for for ghost protocol is really good
3: uh yeah i don't think so i think that's the one where i thought this music is stupid for this but i didn't i didn't know you were going to talk about it i've I just i've I just so I can't I can't pinpoint the scene which is I know what you're going to want me to do. I want specifics. So to, I want specifics, Jeff. I feel like I tell Mrs. Winger we got to watch Ghost Protocol again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my 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 point is is that I think 3 is a is is a very exciting movie. Yes, the plot has some question marks, but um it really kept it kept me engaged the whole time. Uh edge edge of my seat. Exciting oh, come on. entertaining.
1: I mean, it, really? Yes. Okay. All right.
3: Okay, so so leaving aside, JJ Abrams. Okay, well, not leaving aside. First of all, you know, he 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 tries to up the ante, uh, the opening scene th- with the threat on his wife, uh, Tom Cruise's wife. Which, which, by the way, in both one and two, there was a lot of time, a lot of time spent with Tom Cruise wooing, well, Tom Cruise wooing. So, like, we're supposed to believe that he, like, had real feelings for Andy Newton in two, and then... Uh, what was the name of his girlfriend and wife in three?
2: Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monahan. Monaghan?
1: Monaghan? Monaghan. Monaghan? G-H-A-N? Isn't that how you would pronounce that? Monaghan. I don't know. Why do I look like a Southie? I don't know.
3: So, okay, fine.
1: <clears throat>
3: so... uh uh just just a lot of time setting that up and i didn't know what that was about i thought it was boring in both cases okay um uh, i liked carrie russell at the beginning but but I, uh but I'll, let me get to carrie russell so i think i think that the opening scene where he's threatening his wife she's got a you know her mouth is bandaged. you see the terror in her eyes i mean philip seymour hoffman was legitimately menacing um Uh, Tom Cruise ran through a gamut of emotions from you know rage to tell the guy anything to placate him to buy time play for time I mean I mean that was okay but I think I think you're it was it was part of uh okay we're not this isn't going to be like a fun um old James Bond kind of uh environment this is going to be like the edgy daniel craig level um realistic fantasy violence right um and and so okay so uh he's making a darker movie that's his prerogative but then there was also all the other goofy stuff um i liked harry russell i would have liked who have seen Carrie Russell not die, and, and by the way, one of one of my one of my things about franchises, they take actors and kill them off in like the first first ten minutes. Okay, Emilio Estevez gets his first paying gig in a decade, and Brian De Palma kills him off in five minutes in in uh, in Mission Impossible One. Okay. Kristen Scott Thomas killed off in the first five minutes of Mission Impossible One. Um, And then Kerry Russell's killed off in the first 10 minutes of MI3. And then um, uh, Josh Holloway, who played Sawyer and lost, the guy, a very handsome man with a big chin, uh, is killed off in the first 10 minutes of Ghost Protocol. So, I would, by the way, I think I would rather watch a spy movie with Josh Holloway and and Carrie Russell than I would um, the next Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise. But I'm not going to get my way on that, am I?
2: Yeah, I don't think you mean that. But... <laughs> I do
3: mean it, Brian. You don't know my head. Okay. Um, I thought. Okay, so the, the the first time I saw the thing with the helicopters into the wind farm, I thought that was pretty good. Watching it the second time, I thought it was stupid. Why would the second helicopter follow it in instead of just, like, shooting? I mean, why wouldn't you stay outside the wind farm and, like, just, like, didn't the thing have rockets? Weren't they shooting rockets intermittently? Why wouldn't you just shoot a rocket into the wind farm with the giant uh, windmills? Why would you go in and risk getting hit by one of the gigantic blades?
2: Brian? I don't know. I've never uh, flown a helicopter, let alone been in an attack helicopter. Maybe Maybe that's the protocol. I don't know. Well, Brian, I have been in a, in a helicopter,
3: okay, and also, I think that that is as that I think that is as legitimate a belt a gripe as knobby tires in in the deuce.
2: I'm I'm going to disagree with you there.
1: <laughs> You're welcome to. Um, When they're in the Vatican in three, okay, and, and
3: this is this is actually kind of a thing with the franchise too. They break into a lot of spectacularly unguarded stuff. Yeah. I'm not the sure.
1: Kremlin. The Kremlin, <laughs>
3: the Kremlin was shockingly empty. Okay. <laughs> in four go in ghost protocol the, yeah. the the vatican or the uh the kremlin uh i mean essentially it was just tom cruise and the bad guy walking walk in the halls.
2: i've yeah, been i've top. been yeah i've been to a happy hour at the vatican and it, i was surprised how easy it was to walk right in there
0: <laughs> those swiss guards are just for show,
3: right
1: <laughs>
3: uh Okay, I want to say a word about casting bodyguards. Uh, I thought they did a good job in three. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's bodyguard was a guy who, could, who was gigantic. He, he had, like, the proportions of, like, Jocko Willick. But, I mean, so with, like, just, like, a massive neck and shoulders and biceps, you know, um, massive chest. But he actually acted usually and you can actually see this in some other things usually when they cast bodyguards i think they're getting stuntmen or they're getting just like beefy guys from actors equity or whatever and a lot of them have ponytails and i think that this is a real tell like if you watch a tv show like burn notice they all like the 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 muscle always is rock somebody's always rocking a ponytail Uh, And it just means, okay, they paid this guy like one hundred dollars plus lunch uh, to put on a suit. Uh, I think I think going all the way back to kindergarten cop, one of the one of the heavies had a ponytail. Uh, It is it is a sign of of a a bad guy who's going to get dusted as surely as a red shirt on the original Star Trek was, was <laughs> a sign that you were doomed. And, and anyway, MI3, uh, at least the main bodyguard, uh, didn't, didn't have that problem. Uh, the extraction from the Vatican was very complicated. It was, it was very complicated.
0: What are you doing? <laughs> when, when, his, 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 when he's popping in the toilet and he a yeah, uh, voice he does, changer on. Oh.
2: His voice changer isn't working
0: yet. <laughs> and he's
1: emotionally doing Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so see, you've got problems. Okay, so see, see, this is, and this is another thing that we've talked about in recent weeks. I will go along with the perfect latex mask. And the, the node that's scotch tape to your vocal cords that make you sound exactly like the other guy, but you guys hang up on knobby tires, and I don't know why the guy's flying into the, the windmill farm.
0: But but at that point, it was easier for him to fly into a wind farm than it was for the guy to stop, change his tires, and then get ready to battle the guy. <laughs> it takes a long time to change a motorbike tire.
3: Just reminding myself that people like it when you talk,
2: especially when he's right. Go on, Paul. You're doing a great job. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. The, the people who like Paul's voice don't care if he's right or not <laughs> uh i also i also from three I liked some of the cool fake tech I liked the escape foam right where like they like spray the foam on and it like burns through that was cool. They had this uh quad cable wall buster uh, I don't know that that's in in the in the Mission Impossible three uh, scrapbook, I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but that's that's what I called it. Um, and look, I, I I think the whole endeavor was was given gravitas because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I kind of forgot about Maggie
1: Q. Um, uh, she she is a, a you know. A
3: little, a little chopsocky cutie, isn't she? Um, but overall, I would say the plot was as slender as Maggie Q's hips.
1: Uh, um, no. no, no, thank yeah, thank, thank you, Paul. Um,
0: but thanks to- for playing, Jeff.
2: Yeah, not, not, not all views expressed by members of the Managing Expectations podcast are endorsed by every every member of the Managing Expectations. Podcast. <laughs> um, one of the one of the things that that stands out to me in Mission Impossible three, and this is just kind of a small thing, is at the end when Tom Cruise's wife has to shock him to disable the. Uh, microchip that's been implanted into his brain um is uh th- they she like grabs a, a handful of tongue depressors and like puts or he puts them in his mouth and then when she socks them he he like bites them in half and they like explode i thought that that was just kind of like a cool detail that they added to that um i would call it a cool effect and i agree
3: with you i don't know if there's a detail like that I don't know that really happens, Brian. When you have to shock somebody to death to disable the suicide
0: pellet forehead. Next time Brian's in North Texas, we could try it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, you might have forgotten that I used to be an electrician, and so that's kind of like on the state exam. (laughs) <laughs> at least here in Colorado. <laughs> That's funny, and just the nonchalant
3: way that they were like walking out of China at the end. I thought that was dumb.
2: China let you do that?
1: <laughs> they always let people leave. It's North Korea, you're thinking of. <laughs> so. You want to talk about Ghost Protocol? Yeah,
2: I do want to talk about Ghost Protocol. I'm glad that you brought that up, but perhaps this is a good transition point uh, to talk to hear something from our sponsors. Bernie?
0: Bernie Fingers. Yes, thank you for, uh, for calling me. Not to be confused with Bernie Sanders, two very different things. You don't want to buy the second one. Burny fingers—a problem inflicted on one out of two Americans every single day. We are here to solve that problem for you, for just a small fee, you can avoid the burny finger affliction that impacts so many in the world today. We are here to bring you solutions to man's problems, and to do that, we have introduced <laughs> Mrs. Wenger's bulk cozies. Mrs. Winger's bowl cozies are as easy as they sound. Your bowl goes inside the cozy, your food goes inside the bowl. Bowl and cozy and food go into the microwave. Heat the food slash nuke the food. Out it comes, and you can handle with ease. No burning fingers, delicious food. Mrs. Winger's Masks.com How's Mrs. Winger.com. <sighs> Every yep. time it was going so well. Here at, Mrs. Answer,
3: here at the Managing Expectations podcast, in conjunction with Winger.com have undertaken to solve mankind's problems. Is that what you said, Paul? Right. So well, one of them. Not all of them. We're, we're, one of the time. we're working and our we're way a Hunger, plague, famine, and war. But between here and there, there's no reason to have Bernie fingers.
1: When You've you gotta get the
3: when you get the queso out of the microwave, exactly.
2: Yeah, could you imagine how? To- could you imagine how painful this inflation would be if you had Bernie fingers?
0: Exactly. <laughs> People can't afford to be going to the hospital right now. Not in this country, anyway.
3: Oh, okay. National whoa. health, take it easy. Oh, okay. All right. Whoa, okay. whoa. Hey, hey. We we may have to wait
0: six hours to get seen, regardless of which limb is missing but it doesn't cost us a penny
3: <laughs> did you guys see boris johnson dressed up and take a flight on a?
1: <laughs> yes did you, did some, you see did you see what twitter had, go?
3: twitter had his call sign <laughs> yeah i'm not going to repeat it it is not a, it is not appropriate <laughs> for the managing expectations podcast um anyway um by going to managing expectations podcast.com, you're able to check out our really cool merch by the way i got a line on a gallery here in town um, that does pop art and i'm going to work on getting the posters well they're not they're not just posters it's print it's print art of it's, of it's, big big face our logo um, uh, so it's, it's a uh, face drawing um, superimposed on a painting that I, I made several years ago called Elvis's Kitchen. Uh, it hangs in the home of Michelle Lee, who I used to work with. Um, and uh, there reminds me, I should probably get her to uh, sign release forms uh, for when Big Big Face actually takes off. But uh, if you want posters, if you want one of three types of T-shirts, which, to be clear, run a little small, uh, or stickers, go to ManagingExpectationsPodcast.com. And in Denver or not, check out AllInADream.us for All in a Dream comics and books, Ray's store in uh in colfax just off of colorado boulevard terrific uh place to get your golden and silver age comics get new comics get graphic novels why i loaned some graphic novels to the fellows uh at work i did uh adam warlock i loaned them uh waltz simonson's orion and uh another one oh uh jim Steranko's, uh, uh, Nick Fury, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was before uh, Samuel L. Jackson um, was the model for Nick Fury. So, allinadream.us if you want to check him out online. Otherwise, uh, raise at uh, 3115 East Colfax Avenue, Denver, Colorado. All right? You, you happy now, Brian? You yes. Mercantilist. Thank you. But, yeah, you're
1: welcome. Is there oh! Is there well, always well, some pop culture?
3: And, and look, look, we can't forget our friend Brian. You want to talk about our friend Chris Levine?
2: Chris Levine's refresher pop pop culture therapy podcast. Uh, podcast. Podcast. I know,
3: podcast would be good. Anybody using that? Probably All not. Want to get
2: on? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm googling uh, trademarks as we speak.
2: Uh, check out Refresher. Uh, Chris Levine is doing a great job and he runs a tight ship over there, but it's it's entertaining and uh, you're going to enjoy it. It can be deep. It can be deep. You can have some fun. I promise that you'll learn something and you'll have a good time doing it. So check out Chris Levine's Refresher Pop Culture Therapy Podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: I listen to his you know, so he he had his wife on the last one, and uh, they were talking about the love languages, and all I could think of was yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to hang the ceiling fan. I got another one. I got to hang Brian. So uh, you'll be hearing from me. Yeah,
2: that's fine. Yeah, the
3: the black wire is hot.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're off to. We doing ghost protocol? Ghost protocol. Yeah. Um, I. This one is directed by by Brad Bird, who also did the Incredibles in um, Iron
3: Giant Iron, Giant. Iron Giant,
2: Iron Giant's great. A talented director.
3: Incredibles is great.
2: Yep. And
3: he's not John Lasseter. Right.
1: <laughs> Most importantly. Very important fact.
3: <laughs> so nobody think he is.
2: Um, I thought that Ghost Protocol. Was really well done until the last three quarters, seven eighths of the movie. Um,
3: really,
1: you didn't like the
2: fight
3: on the giant parking spiral automat?
2: I did. I did like that. Um, and and I like I like how the uh, at the end, you know, spoiler alert, but the, the missile comes crashing and just takes out a chunk of the building and then crashes harmlessly into the bay. Uh, <laughs> After that, I thought that was that was pretty cool. I didn't like the the whole India scene. I thought was just kind of cheesy and just seemed really forced. Like, okay, how Correct. come this how come this little robot thing can get through there, but Jeremy Renner just can't crawl through there that same space,
3: right? With the magnetic suit in the super hot building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also. And look, far be it for me to like play this card frivolously, but I really didn't think that the, that uh, Paula Patton as the hot female IMF agent um, uh, working the Indian tycoon who owned the satellite that the bad guy was trying to take
1: over was especially race ethnically sensitive i mean they really made him come across like oh. what was the name of the guy who in the convenience store <laughs> in uh, the simpsons mr apu
3: yes what mr apu apu yeah i mean i i i I really didn't Well, anyway
2: that. So yeah, that, yeah, that's that, for me, that's the weak spot in the movie. I thought that some of the shots are really cool. I thought that when they travel to Dubai and they have that sweeping shot where they come up over the uh, the Burj Khalifa tower, I thought that that was cool. You know, the name of the tower in Dubai. Yeah,
1: it's the world's tallest building. It's a big deal. In my heart, it's the Freedom Tower. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I thought, I thought, uh, yeah. In um, Paul's
3: heart, the tallest building is Big Ben. I mean, it's,
0: it's going to say the shard, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> Both are in London. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the stuff in Dubai. Uh, and, and you thought India was weak, and I agree. But I think Russia was weak. Now, never mind that it was 2011 and the Russians aren't our enemies, okay? Which was like the theme of the whole stupid movie. Um, obviously,
1: that's nonsense. Well, one Russian was the enemy. The, the the bad guy. He was Russian. No, he's Swedish. He was the
3: scientist who wanted to have nuclear wars so there'd be peace on Earth. Which was like, which is like low, which is like, a, what, a, actually I have a note about him. Um, Sorry,
0: what? Actually, he was he was playing a Swedish-born Russian nuclear scientist. So So we're both both right.
1: Okay, yeah. So we're both right. (laughs) Uh,
3: He was a little bad guy with big aims. So he's like uh, he had like the goal of a Bond villain, but he didn't have like the tropical. You know, multi-billion dollar lair. Mm-hmm. He just had a guy who was like an awesome mixed martial artist and a tech genius
1: who, who did everything for him. Uh, okay. so I, I, thought, I thought
2: that the I thought
3: breaking into the Kremlin was was preposterous. Uh, I, I thought I thought Tom Cruise. Playing with like a mustache, playing an old Russian general. I mean, fellas, I could play a Russian general. Tom Cruise can't play a Russian
2: general.
0: It turns out all you need to break into the Kremlin is a fake mustache and a big hat, and you're good to go. And and
2: and and one of those things that where you click it, it sounds like a drop is is somewhere <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> it's like a faucet dripping yeah yeah
3: um i actually in my notes i used an eye roll emoji for tc as old russian general eye roll emoji hey you guys know that you know that disease where like you can't do anything but blink and like people end up like blinking yes or no i don't it's, know how that like works Lock, syndrome or something. yeah i don't know how that all works But I think that if I had a disease where I could only communicate, where I could like roll my eyes, I'd be fine. I could be, I could, I could absolutely convey most of my thoughts most of the time.
0: Yeah. And I think you can still make grunting noises. So you'd be perfect. Yeah.
2: (laughs) He's rolling his eyes (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's
0: two.
1: (laughs) That's two. Do you want a timeout? Do you want a (laughs) timeout?
3: All right, so then I have Tom What's-His-Name uh, as,
2: quote, the secretary. I, Tom Wilkinson. I like Tom Wilkinson a lot. I think he's he's a very good actor. In everything he's he's a great actor. Yeah, he, everything that I see him in, he's really good. But again, he's killed off pretty, pretty early in the movie. He's killed off pretty quick. That was actually uncredited.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so, you know, that was just like, I don't know. To get know, a, he he had to re, he had to refinish his pool so he shows up as quote the secretary now are you wondering what what cabinet position the IMF falls under me too so he, so i like look at it at it in wikipedia he's the IMF secretary so see that bugged me because that's not that's not a real cabinet position. I don't think that he would be a secretary. I think that he'd be like a director. So
2: he wouldn't be the secretary, he'd be the director.
1: Okay. Thank you. you I'm know? glad you
2: look I'm glad you looked that up. I've it's been bothering me for some time. okay
3: and <laughs> and 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 dire- Secretary, director Wilkinson. Tells us that the president has initiated ghost protocol all IMF has been disavowed. They are on their own Wow
2: That that doesn't happen very often
3: Well, that well doesn't happen in every movie after that it does (laughs) Okay, all right. So so really they spend more time disavowed than they don't uh enter hawkeye the analyst with a secret. <laughs> so, Jeremy Renner starts out as a bookish Schmedrick, and then turns out to be uh, to have uh,
0: skills. skills and
3: skills and abilities um, that rival Tom Cruise's. So. Jeremy Renner still frequently just like is played for laughs, like when he like has to like get himself psyched up to jump to jump down on top of the magnet. What's up with what's up with that? Go or don't go. But I mean, you know, the guy like spends like five minutes like just like, you know, getting himself psyched up. We're not playing Red Rover here. It's an it's an action movie. I don't know. I thought it was weak. So now the team is, with, is disavowed. They're without backup and, and without latex masks. They've got to go with no masks.
2: I, I did like that, uh, that rail car that was filled with like the most high-tech stuff you could ever yeah. comprehend.
3: In Russia?
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, it's
0: <laughs> a smart place to hide it. Between that and China, those are the two top places I would hide
3: it. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, you know, I... I keep a rail car full of all the high tech gear. Only take what we need, but all that you can carry. (laughs) So so they take the mask maker,
2: which breaks.
1: Oh, great.
3: I knew we should have brought the rock polisher.
2: (laughs) Take the mask maker, leave the cannoli.
3: Ah, doggone it. You always get the best lines. Okay, so I uh, start industry tech like glass climbing gloves, data contact lenses, holographic image projection screen. Those are some of the, the
1: assisted, uh,
2: assist, assist, cool. you, assisted by an iPad. Apple had a pretty big sponsorship deal in that movie. They had iPhones and they, you know, use an iPad for that projection screen to, to trick the lone guard at the Kremlin.
3: Do you know that Apple will only allow
1: good guys to use iPhones in movies? I
0: didn't realize that. I didn't know.
1: Yeah. Um, Hey
2: Paul, why do our text messages turn green when we, have a group chat with the three of us. Yeah, is there
0: something you need to tell us, Paul? I've been open and honest about this from day one. I am sponsored by Google. <laughs> 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 I am not a good guy.
3: <laughs> so, so if, for example, this were this were a uh, a movie or a episodic television, Paul's the one who would turn.
0: I'm the sleeper agent in this scenario.
2: He's the Henry yeah. Cavill
0: of this very <laughs>
3: <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Hey, you're British. How do you pronounce that guy's last name? Cavill. Not Cavill?
0: No, no, I don't. Some people might. But he's he's from Jersey, though, which is like a weird little island between England and France. And it's like part French, part English. No, one's, no one can really make up their mind what they want yeah, to do. Yeah, probably
3: Cavill island. then. Mm, interesting.
2: So so far, Paul has been here to help us with Sandy Newton and Henry Cavill.
0: <laughs> it's literally what I'm here for. This is why. I was brought on board.
2: <laughs> Both valuable. You sure it's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're British. Are you sure it's the Thames? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: On behalf, on
3: behalf of the cousins, what were you people thinking about when you came up with? Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, I had a whole thing. I had a whole thing because Brian's Brian trying to schedule this meeting was like was like a word was like a word puzzle. Like Brian's like, if a train leaves Denver traveling fifty miles an hour at three fifteen, and Jeff's on a Train is on a bus uh, going forty-five miles an hour, and Paul is on the ship leaving Heffordshire Ford uh, at <laughs> at sixty knots. When can we have this stupid podcast improve that Mission Impossible Two is the best one ever?
0: It's pronounced kilometers, not lots. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I uh, heard, heard the folks uh, were, were up to, like, what,
0: 40 degrees Celsius? They were, yeah. Everything, the country has literally, literally shut down. Trains can't run because they're too hot. Roads have started to buckle. Schools canceled. Work, Yeah, seriously. Yeah, the, all trains out of London, Houston today were canceled because the tracks were too hot.
3: I did see, uh, like, have, I... They have train tracks in, in the Middle East and in India
0: they also have roads in those countries and they don't fall apart quite as easily as the British roads do. So uh, yeah, unfortunately the, uh, the uh, knockoff cement that the, the government bought to, uh, to build the roads was uh, turns out not up to grade. So yes.
2: <laughs> I, I did see in my Apple news feed that talked about how hot the temperatures were there. And the, the, the quote in the headline says, we are not prepared for
0: this. And I'm like, nope. Hmm. It's summer. (laughs) What what are you prepared for? Snow. That's what they're prepared for. (laughs) The the, the UK, like pretty much every country, um, proves to be completely incompetent when any sort of extreme weather hits. No one's ever prepared. So if it suddenly snows a lot in winter, they don't have the plows or the salting trucks ready. Uh, When it gets really hot in summer, they're not ready for that either. Um, Okay,
3: but isn't isn't the thing is, there, I mean, historically, it stays within X and
0: Y, right? Yeah. So I mean, on a on a more serious note, for for the for the UK to be hitting um, you know 100 110 degrees is incredibly unusual. Um, yeah, sure. It, it in summer it would at most get say say to the mid mid eighties on a, on a really good summer, but even then not consistently. The problem they have is all are pretty much. All of the homes are built for very cold, very wet, very windy weather. Right. So they're incredibly well insulated, double, triple glazing in places, really thick <laughs> insulation in the in the in the attic with no air conditioning. I didn't know anybody in UK that had air conditioning. So right. wow. in their house. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's 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 part of the reason. So what what I'm doing is everyone's going to invite fans to blast around the warm air around the house. So try and give some sort of relief, but that's that's about it. And,
3: and when I lived in Portland, uh, which had equally crappy weather only without the class or culture of <laughs> of the UK, uh, yeah. similarly, there, I mean, I mean uh, Central Air was kind of unheard of. So it, it got into a hundred uh, a few times and just, I mean, frankly, if it got into the high 80s, people thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. uh,
1: All right. So you guys prefer
3: three. I prefer two. You guys like Ghost Protocol? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for
2: overall, I like it.
3: All right. Well, the mission in mission, infranchable in precise uh, (laughs) is something that we can talk about some more as we go along. I mean, you know, uh, Tom Cruise has a very winning quality, you know, uh, but I don't think they're very, they're especially good movies, but um, you know, my inner 13 year old uh, is Is uh, losing interest in the Marvel cinematic universe pretty quick. Um, And we get to uh, write that next one. Well, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, we, you know, and Brian's got nothing to say. Uh, He'd rather talk about Space (laughs) Wizards uh, and defend Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, And I'm sorry, Brian.
2: Nothing. I was, I was. Just going to say that uh, um, Haley Atwell is going to be in the in the, the next two Mission Impossible movies. So, looking forward to that.
1: Um, what was? Well, uh, you know, I don't know. Is that who? Who did we say she was related to? Uh, you're thinking of.
0: Hayley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the other Haley all Haley's <laughs> look alike really to you, <laughs> you Jeff
1: <laughs> Who's <laughs> the to people body,
3: bodies by Jake, right Okay yeah. All right there couldn't be there couldn't possibly be a better time to wrap this up. So uh, thank you for joining us to episode 101 of the Managing Expectations podcast. On behalf of the nephew, Paul, and the aide-de-camp, Brian,
1: I'm your host, Jeff Winger, saying this is your mission should you choose to accept.